This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, Blenders, and welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 83 of Real Blend, a podcast that somehow, for some inconspicuous reason, finds itself in Kevin McCarthy's hotel room and not just when we're recording. Hey, yo. Think about that for a second. Yeah, we I'm are joined- always. Why are we always in my room? You invite us. Well, no, no, no. All right, so a couple of things. Every we, time. Every time we're out of the country and we're somehow, for some reason, yes. Sean, Jake, and I right. are only ever together. Where we're in a foreign country. Yes. Toronto. Or Chicago. Uh, or Chicago. Yes, but mostly London. It's a mostly lot London. of London. But most of the time we record in my room. Yes. Or that's it. I, in my room in London for Spider-Man Far From Home. Well, to be fair. My room for TIFF last year. Your basement. My basement. Wait, no, Jake wasn't there. No, thanks you for that. You were in my basement. You weren't there. That's that right. was during that the Rooster Brothers. That sounds <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. That was the Rooster Brothers episode yes. when Sean and came in to do the Rooster there's Brothers. There's an open invitation to Charlotte. You guys can come down to North Carolina anytime you want to. There's just no reason yeah, for you to ever come. Yeah, but we like to think of, your, uh, of, of ourselves as your children, and if we ever met your actual children, <laughs> there'd be a weird jealousy there. That would uh, be by the way, uh, shout out to uh, Sean's son, who I followed on Twitter months ago, who oh. has not followed me back. Yeah, me either. Thank Thank you, PJ. Thank you very much. That's okay. He doesn't listen to the show either. Yeah. So Thank you, PJ. He will not know what that's Appreciate all about. Appreciate the follow, my friend. We, I'm joined now. I'm sorry. Oh, please. The the I'm joined now yes. by my illustrious friend, Kevin McCarthy. Kevin, how are you, sir? Hi, Jake. Thank you for being in my room. You and thank say- you for... Uh, the fun moment we had earlier before we started recording the I'm show. I'm also joined by the very... You gotta say where he's I'm from. A- you gotta say where he's from. See, you're not good at this. Oh, Kevin I'm, McCarthy I'm, of... I've never won an Emmy for hosting anything in my entire life. <laughs> Two-time. Right. Two-time Emmy. Best hair. That's right. Hair. Winner. I'm also... Oh, yeah. Kevin's from DC and all that jazz. I'm also joined by the very, very, so, 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 so handsome... Oh, Lord. Gabe. Oh. How's it going, folks? Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. So what people don't Gabe know is... Also, Sean's here. When yeah. Gabe speaks on the show, we have to pay him every word he says. Every word. Royalties. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. Can I take over now? Am I allowed to go? Yeah, if you want the show to go downhill, This is episode number 83, and as you guys can tell, we are live uh, together in Toronto. This is the second time we've been doing the show together from Toronto, and of course, it dates all the way back to the time that we kicked off the Real Blend experiment before we even knew that it was going to be a podcast, when the three of us got together and recorded a video after Alfonso Cuaron's Gravity. And oddly enough, that was actually in Sean's room. <laughs> that because, was my room. That was your room. Yeah, that was because my room. we and so yes. there was a hotel. So people like the behind the scenes stories. We are at TIFF and we've been coming here for over a decade, all of us. Yeah. And we were here for gravity, and we've we've discussed this before. The videos on YouTube, if you want to check it out. But we all were compelled to come back here and geek out about it. Yeah. And. That's how the show started. Years later, we actually came together to do the awards blend show. Yes. Which then became obviously Real Blend. I tweeted this today because I kind of realized my very first TIFF screening for any movie was for Walk the Line. James, oh, wow. James what a good one. Really? What a yeah. good one. I was up here in 2005. What was your first TIFF screening? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think mine was... What was the movie with 
Zach Galifianakis. It's um, <laughs> I was gonna say mine was a Kira Knightley period piece, but that does not narrow it down in at the, all. Um, like a uh, the like sunny, an institution. So oh, it's uh, um, uh, it's kind of a funny story. Yes, that's it. That was oh, yeah, yeah, that was I my that first. One. That and then that movie with uh, Sam Rockwell and Hillary Swank, where he was. Falsely oh, accused of confession. Yes, just mercy. Those are my first tips. See, it movies. is just like every Told other you, movie. It's yeah, every you're other right. It's just like I think every my other movie. Might have been the Duchess. Oh yeah, with okay. Ray Fines. I got Ray Fines for that. And, okay, uh, Kira Knightley. Very nice. Yeah. I was yeah. at the junket. I was at the junket hey. with you. Yes, I remember that. And Ray Fines was great. I was, was so great. scared of him. I lo- he's always been great. I think he's such a great interviewer. Did you ask him about why his no- name is pronounced Ray if it's spelled Ralph? I did not ask him. I want that. to know the answer to that. <laughs> Wait, I want to tell my story. I know Gabe is rapping me, but the reason I came to walk the line. Well, hold on. I came up in 2005. I was invited for the junket for The Curse of the Were Rabbit. <laughs> and hey, I, got, I love their movies. No, they're tremendous. Yeah. I love Wallace and Gromit. And I got, um, what's her face? Tim Burton, Helena Bonham Carter. She was voicing it, and someone else was voicing I forget who the other voice was. So I was there for that junket. And this was back in the day when, like, if Fox was up here. Just with whatever movies, I was able to go to their hospitality suite and say, well, what screenings do you have? And they were like, oh, we have Walk the Line and it's starting um, right down the street. So I went down the street and then went down to this little basement theater and there were two critics in it to watch Walk the Line, me and Roger Ebert. No. Wow. Yeah. Did you talk to him? No, I didn't. I was terrified of him. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. wait, wait, wait. Okay, I want to know. Yeah. So when you walk into a theater, he's already sitting. He's right? already in there. Yes. Okay. Do you sit near him, behind no. him? No. Where, no. Do you, where do you sit? No. I sat behind him so I can I could watch him. So, I sat behind him so I could stare at him. It's so funny because I've told this story before. So creepy that I just I, said that. I went to 2001 Space Odyssey in New York, and the showing before mine, Steven Spielberg apparently bought a ticket and went to see. That's awesome. And all I think about now is if I walked into a theater and saw Spielberg watching 2001 on 70mm, where would I sit? Would I watch him watch the movie in his lap? So, were you able to watch Walk the Line and without thinking about what Roger? He's Ebert never seen was it. Thinking? No, I watched him in the entire time. Like, what was it like watching him? I mean, that's normal. He's just a critic. He's just a critic doing it. But, but anyway, full just circle. Because I'm here for Ford v Ferrari and James Mangold, and we're going to have him on the show. Can I say that? Yes. Theoretically, we're going to try to get James Mangold on the show. Yeah. At some point we're in the existence of Roblin, we'd like for him to be on the show. We'd like for him to be on the show. As a joke, we, yes. always, we I, I am pretty superstitious, so I'll, I, I always, I don't ever say we're getting somebody for sure. Like, yeah. I know that we have some potential big guests coming up. Mangold is on our list to get here at TIFF as we're sitting here right now. Um, things always could fall through. Of course. We also have possibly Roger Deakins. Oh, you said Deakins? You said it? I'm going to say, I'm going to say possibly. Oh my gosh, that is. I didn't say is, we definitely had it. That is a huge step for Kevin McCarthy to say that out loud. Oh wait, we didn't even say the fact that we'd actually have a recorded interview that's part of this week's episode. Can we say we have that one? Yes, it's already done. It's done. It's finished. <laughs> we have Bill Skarsgård uh, from It Chapter 2, the man who plays Pennywise, is going to be on this week's episode of Real Blend. I'd argue one of the greatest horror monster performances in movie history. I agree. Yeah. Joining the ranks of of a Robert England. Ooh. His performance Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins? Well, that's a different game. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, I mean like, I mean, no. Hopkins is like Jason, Freddy, you're in that line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so, sure. Which is interesting because Sean submitted a question about Freddy and Jason and sequels and the idea that does the monster still remain scary in the sequels and you're going to hear that answer in the interview with Later on the Skarsgård who plays Pennywise who by the way was very rare that we got him yeah he does not do a lot of interviews. And we will set that up as a little bit later in the show. Reviews, obviously. Uh, we have been 
inundated with Read the one where they compare us to Jesus. Outstanding reviews uh, <laughs> lately from people. And I will, yeah, I'm going to pick Jake. J- uh, Jake's right. I should absolutely read this one because it is fair and balanced. And it comes from Kev's mom. And she, uh, for her subject line, says this podcast is Jesus reincarnated. Now, Seems fair. I think that that's, um, it's really nice. I mean, that's nice. But I, I love this show. Obviously, we pour our heart and soul into it. Uh, and I don't think that that's... Um, but that's accurate. But I will read what they have to say. Kev's mom says, first of all, I love the podcast. I recently got a position as a business affairs broker at J.J. Abrams's Bad Robot. Now, that's bad robot. pretty cool. That's that awesome. Someone who works at Bad Robot is listening to the show. And I thought- We're like one degree removed from J.J. Abrams listening to our show. Do you think J.J.'s listened? Like, maybe this guy went into work hey, and said Tarantino like- Hey, Tarantino listened. Crazier things could happen. I bet you J.J.'s listened. I think he has. And JJ, maybe we'll have him like, JJ, adopt me. Come on. <laughs> oh, you, you went a much more practical direction than I did. Uh, and I thought it would be a great. Okay, wait. Hold on. Got a job at JJ Words Robots at Bad Robot. And I thought it would be a great idea to look up some old interviews for his Star Trek films and Super 8. And that's how I came across Kevin McCarthy and Jake Hamilton. I then followed both of them on Instagram and through social media found out about the Real Blend podcast, which has now become some of my favorite pastimes during my commute from Studio City to Bad Robot in Santa Monica, which is about a one-hour drive in the mornings. Too much information. I don't need to know all that. I just talk about the show. Like, right? Like, that's too much information. Oh, my God. <laughs> You've changed. I, I mean, let's, let's talk more about us. Uh, I want to <laughs> say thanks to Sean. He sounds like a local television Kevin news personality. Kevin and Jake for making my commute entertaining and informative on what the journalistic perspective of the film industry is. Anyways, I got to get to work. So, Dunkirk, all exclamation points, or three exclamation points, all capitals. That is from Kev's mom, who thinks we are Jesus reincarnated. I do think that's pretty awesome that we're one step away from from JJ, JJ Abrams. Abrams. That's pretty cool. And yeah. I'm going to bet that I he's mean, listened. Can we be stormtroopers? That's what I'm that's what I want. That's a pretty fair ask. I, I like mean, that. Why why can't we just pop on the mask and be in a sequence? It's not a like bad Kevin idea. Kevin Smith did it and so did Daniel Craig. Yeah. Absolutely. I always find it amazing that Daniel Craig played a stormtrooper in Force it's Awakens. It's strange. That's a really it blows odd my mind. person. All right, but let's talk more about why we're here in Toronto! Toronto for the film festival. Jake, tell me what you are most looking forward to seeing. You are not here for as long as we are. I'm not. because You're having an easy TIFF schedule. I actually have to work. A laid back TIFF schedule. Yeah, pretty low key TIFF schedule. I'm popping in, popping out because uh, I got to get back to Chicago because um, I've got a furry four-legged child that Aww, loves me. Aw, Daenerys. Yeah. Great excuse Daenerys. to get other things that you don't want to. Oh God, that drove me nuts. All right. Anyway, I'm very excited to. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be seeing "Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood." If you guys aren't aware, if you've never met me before or never listened to the show, I am a fan of uh, America's Fred Dad. Rogers. Yeah, yeah. America. Well, America's <laughs> Huge two dads, Fred Rogers. Uh, Fred Rogers and Tom Hanks, and to see uh, one play the other, I think it's going to be amazing. I'm also a massive. Actually, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a big fan of uh, the TV show The Americans. Okay. And I love Matthew Reese. Oh, interesting. Love Matthew Reese. Oh, is he the, the journalist? He's the journalist. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and I think it's a really interesting story because it's about a reporter who essentially doesn't want to do what we get paid to do, which is cover features. Yeah. He's like a hard news, grizzled reporter. Okay. And I think it's going to be great. I think the, the, the hype behind the casting is some of the most hype we've seen for casting in a long time. Okay. Tom Hanks has. Oh. Fred Rogers. I mean, as soon as you saw the picture, yeah. the official photo released yeah. of him. Yeah. Like you said, even when you heard the casting yeah. that he was going to be, be playing Mr. Rogers, that was incredible. All right. Yeah. It looks amazing. Gabe and I are doing the carpet for that uh, movie. What are the odds that we will get Tom Hanks to stop? I think I think he'll do it. You think? Yeah, I do. He, really? He usually stops on carpet. Yeah. Okay. 
I think you'll get them. Even on if the they carpet. bunch us up, even if they bunch us up, I think that's fair. Yeah. That would be fine. Yeah, people who don't know, like these carpets sometimes, especially like a festival like this, they will, like, they get down the yeah. lines we'll sometimes. Say, oh, you all have to put your mics together. And then one person, like, they'll put five outlets together with, and, and then the actor will answer one question. And then whoever decides to ask that question, I yeah. guess, is the outlet who asks it. Right. And then that that's such a frustrating well, thing. Well, we did Just Mercy today. Yeah. And Michael B. Jordan did stop. He's the star of the movie. And he did kind of stop to make sure he got to just about everybody in huge groups. So you're right. Tom Hanks may stop. Yeah. But at the same time, he's Tom Hanks. The crazy thing about being at TIFF is, is you could see anybody... At any given moment. Right. In the hotel we're recording at right now, Roger Deakins has a, apparently a ceremony happening. Uh, what? On Monday here. He's being honored in what? this exact hotel we're sitting in right Why now. Why aren't we there? Oh, uh, Monday. It's, it's on Monday. Monday. It's on Monday. But I mean, like my wife <laughs> saw Ron Howard in the lobby yesterday. Okay. Uh, the director of Solo? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I forgot he directed you that. You guys don't get to talk to him. Did he really direct that? I forgot he directed Solo. Dare you, sir. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? I would love to walk up to him and say, sir, what is your name? <laughs> Who are your people? <laughs> Who are your people? Kevin, what are you excited to see uh, while you're I mean, here? At, the cool thing about TIFF is that it's such an indicator of the Oscars. There's so sure. many big films that have played here. Slumdog Millionaire, obviously, um, 12 Years a Slave. Like These massive films went on to win tons of major awards showed here. They were yeah. shown here. Um, Last year, we covered a little film called A Star is Born. Yeah, oh, yes. was here. We all went to a reception with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. We interviewed Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, which was crazy I that that happened. I hugged Gaga. I'm sorry? I hugged Gaga. I know. I remember I that. Hug I hugged her. Bradley. Did you really? <laughs> I hugged Sam Elliott. Someone named, uh, c- counted all of our name drops in last year's uh, Toronto well, they episode. Better, they better readjust that count. It was, <laughs> it was two hours. We're not going to quite do yeah. two hours this time through, but well, what are you most looking forward to? Well, Jake and I are here for three junkets specifically. We'll get to Judy shortly. Okay. Um, I know I, I, I'm actually trying to see as many movies as I can while I'm here this year. Generally, I come here for junkets, which I am here for. I'm doing Goldfinch. We're both doing Jake and I saw Goldfinch today together. Uh, we saw the report tonight. So right. we're recording Adam this right after we saw the report, which mm-hmm. was the new Adam Driver film with Annette Benning and John Hamm. Uh, I'm most excited about Joker. Okay. Uh, especially after the reaction out of Venice. Just the idea of the R rating and the gritty element of it, the Scorsese uh oh. Uh, themes that people were picking up on from King of Comedy and, yeah. and Taxi Driver just sounds awesome. Which uh, apparently I'm learning Scorsese did not produce Joker. No, I thought he was a producer on I it. I thought he was also. I but know his he name produced. is no someone, longer someone on it. Someone corrected us on social media. But Bradley Cooper's a producer on Joker because Todd Phillips is his boy. Like they're boys, so I'm sure he's but helping why, him out. I, I'm not crazy, right? Like Scorsese was oh, supposed to be a producer. Producing it. I, I absolutely heard that early on. I yes. know Scorsese is like involved with the Safdie brothers. Oh, no. is he? Oh yeah, he was like th- he thanked he was thanked. I think he's a big part of the reason why they got Good Time made. <gasps> Don't quote me on that, but if you look in the credits for Good Time, so which was bad. by the way, PSA to any listener out there right now, if you haven't seen Good Time, change that right away. Yeah, yeah. You'll see Scorsese's name in actually in the credits. Um, but they have a movie here called The Uncut Gems. Yeah, without which we've all heard is incredible. Yeah, Knives Out is here. Ryan Johnson's movie. Jojo um, Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. The Taika new Taika Waititi. Waititi. Yeah. Um, we were discussing Taika Waititi earlier. Love his science and yeah. humor. You guys watch the TV show What We Do in the Shadows? I started watching oh, it. I love it. It's really quirky. I love it's it. Super, that humor is touch and go for is me. Is that movie premiering here? 
for the first time. Yeah. No one's seen it, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. The movie I saw last night, which was the personal history of David Copperfield. It's not about a magician. I've never even heard of that movie. <laughs> uh, and that premiered here last night. But okay. yeah, they're like Knives Out's here. This is... Knives Out's a world it's premiere. It's a big deal. Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is a world premiere. Tom Hanks yeah, will be come out to November. Premiere. That's a huge premiere. Yeah. I was curious why... Because uh, Hustlers is here as well. There's a lot of like major yeah. films here. Halloween was you, here. You tweeted something really interesting last night. Oh, tell me. Which was, just because a movie's here doesn't mean it's great. Well, that's fair. Tell me how many Tiff now, movies you've seen up we here. We haven't seen Hustlers yet. Could that be are not good. There, there's a bunch that come here, and, and Tiff has a huge slate they have to fill. Halloween played here last year. Sure. No, right. they have great the movies. Predator movie. played here. Predator was not good. No, Predator was bad. Right, and Predator kicked off the midnight uh, session. Right. And so, then, but but, but Sean, there's a, this is implication that if a movie's at Tiff, that it's going to be competing for the Oscars. I thought that was yeah. a fascinating point because it, a festival does kind of automatically put that mindset of, right. oh, it must be great. Yeah, yeah. Which can be detrimental because sometimes you'll see a movie that's good here, yeah. but if it's not Oscar good, then it's considered a disappointment. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Like I mean, like the like the best movie I've seen here so far and personally was The Report. And yeah. we, we all just saw okay. that tonight. Which and I think at best could get a screenplay nomination. I think Driver hopefully will get nominated. I not mean, for he, that. That guy is so talented. I think he's going to get in for Marriage Story. Yeah. So which, uh, let me talk about yeah. Which so, is Noah Baumbach's movie, which I'm seeing Monday. I am too. Do we see it Monday together? I'm going in the morning. Like people like listening right now, the TIFF schedule is insane. <laughs> it really is. It is. It's crazy that we mentioned all of these films insane. that are all here for the next couple of days, and we're all doing this in the next three days. Yeah. Like so it's like you're all movies. opening. See, I'm leaving on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So you go, you guys go ahead and open all your Christmas presents on Thanksgiving. Well, wait a second. And I get to parcel them out. You're not one of those people that like does like one gift an hour on Christmas, right? No, but you guys are Just opening them up out. like Dude, in September. It's not like we're seeing Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, what, oh what, I'd see that. We're seeing to? that here. We're not seeing um, Jane Bob Let reboot. me be mad that you guys are seeing everything without me. Is Reboot one of your most anticipated films the it rest was, of this year? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. You saw, Wait, can I say that you saw it? That's fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. You did. Yeah, 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 Kevin said that you went into the thing. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to Marriage Story. Uh, I'm looking forward to Joker, obviously. I saw Ford v. Ferrari. Um, and I can talk about that. And we're I'm sitting down with James Mangold. And if the audio passes Gabe's uh, muster... Then we will potentially bring this interview with James Mangold to the show. Uh, but I can tell you guys, it is absolutely an Oscar player. It is a tremendous film. Oh, uh, Bale. Above the line? We'll get in. For oh, yeah. actor? Bale's in. For actor? Yes. Can I say something? We were watching, Damon might be in. We were watching the report tonight, and yeah. they cut to some footage of Dick Cheney. Yeah. And oh. I couldn't unsee Bale. <laughs> I, same. Yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? Thought, no, I thought the same thing. I, I thought the same like, thing, yeah. There's even a moment they went to Rumsfeld quickly, and I was like, Stevie? Steve Carell? <laughs> yeah, Honestly, so true. I saw Bale in Cheney. Yeah, I know. Which is like the complete opposite of what it should be. Well, and then, then if you see him in Ford v. Ferrari... You're you're again bowled over by his range. Like it's the furthest thing from Dick Does Cheney have, I've ever seen in my life. Who has more range than Bale? Range. Day Lewis. No range. Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, Daniel Day Lewis. Like there will be blood. Was what, do you, what do you mean? Uh, I love Day Daniel Day Lewis. Lewis, but I don't think Daniel Day Lewis has enough movies to have that range. I mean, like, you can put Bale Bill has... the Butcher up against his Phantom Thread character, exactly. and they're wildly different. No, I think Bill the Butcher. You could versus I, I, Bill the versus Butcher's my very, left foot. 
Bill the Butcher Lincoln? has similar qualities Lincoln. to There'll Be Blood. Like Abraham Lincoln. Now, 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 now. I don't like that movie, by the way. I don't like Lincoln way. either. Yeah, it's such a boring movie. It was movie. like a documentary. I can't he was, stand this. Oh, sure, he he's fine. Sure. But I don't remember the rest of the movie at all. It didn't all. win Best Picture. It won Best Actor. Thank oh, goodness it didn't win Best Picture. One thing I do want to mention is Judy. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Talk about that. We all, Jake and I saw Judy, and Jake and I have been discussing this all day. I want Jake to go into more detail about this, because the Wizard of Oz set stuff was interesting. This is a movie that goes back and forth between... Um, the last year of Judy Garland's life and the Wizard of Oz set. Okay. And Jake, you were talking about it's truly depressing. Yeah, See, I don't I mean, know this yeah, story. If you're not it's familiar so with the story, not, not to like yeah. ruin it for you, but but she died at the age of 47. Uh, she was that young. She was 47. 47. Oh my and, god. I mean, the, the I, more than the back half of her life was nothing short of tragic. And the argument could be made that that tragedy began on the set of Wizard of Oz. Okay. So a majority of the movie. 85% of it takes place in the final months of her life. Oh, no kidding. And but it's, uh, very, very it's very sad. sad. Yeah. yeah. And it flashes back to a young actress playing Judy Garland on the set of Wizard of Oz. And it shows certain things happening to her on that set that you sort of feel like probably set the tone for the rest of her life. Being shoved, Pills being shoved down her face. So and, she and, could yeah. sleep or, yeah. or, or she or not gain eat. weight. Yeah, she wasn't allowed to eat. Like just because, you know. They threw her a birthday party with a cake that she was not allowed to have. Oh, really? That's oh, okay. like, the, and, and it was like this, gotcha. this, they just designed her life. And it, to me, it talked a lot about Hollywood uh, perception I was going to say, that's reality. what show business does, right? Well, the, the downside is that I feel like it's, it for me at least, and, and by no means, I'm not trying to be dramatic or like say it, like it ruined Wizard of Oz, but I will forever look at Wizard of Oz differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't help but wonder what was happening to that poor girl. Sure, right. Right off You also want to know the backstories of yeah. most of the films or a movie like that, because because Wizard of Oz is such a uh, an innocent, sweet, yeah. pure film, and you think it's starring, and it is well, starring you say this innocent. That, but weren't there always like stories about the Munchkins? Like, no, it's it's <laughs> crazy a drinking tail going up and down. The the, the, the <laughs> what did the the, the, the you're talking about with the Munchkin that hung himself in the Not background? Not even the guy who hung himself, just like wild drinking true? and drug no, it's, parties. A, it's a peacock uh, tail going up and down. Oh, is that what, what it is? What about yeah. the one? Like, I remember there was like a, That's bunch, a, great there was a bunch of these little trivia's. Wasn't there one where like it said "sex in the clouds"? Like it was like uh, it was the that, like Lion King. King or Lion King or something. Lion King had like uh, it was in the maybe. cloud. I was at Aladdin. It's pretty funny. There was, there was these very I'd love random... for an animator to fit that in. Oh, anyway, there's so a penis changes, in Little yeah. Mermaid. There's a penis yeah. in Little Mermaid. In the, are those as real? Well, the those castles like, are phallic to say the least. The cat is that what it is? Yeah, but and, uh, but but anyway, anyway, the, just yeah, yeah. The, the things that you know there there are certain aspects of what behind, went on behind the scenes uh, in Wizard of Oz that really gonna that had an impact on who, who she became. Right. And and you can't help but feel like ultimately had a causing her death. So which my was mindset going overdose. into Judy was Judy Garland is Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that was my, my that was my version of Judy Garland, right? So like the Judy Garland that I always knew and loved was that was I don't know, just reminded me of who Dorothy kind of was. I thought, but I mean, again, I wasn't I'm not a I'm not a massive Judy Garland fan where I've like watched every one of her movies, and sure. so I didn't know a ton about her. Obviously, I know her big major Hollywood points, Star is Born, things like that. But yeah. But there is something to be said in this film that I found fascinating about the idea of how our lives, how we perceive people in that business. Yeah. She was a very, very lonely, very sad person. Right. Because she, and it was, whatever was implemented to her on that set on Wizard of Oz affected her greatly. Right. And all, all honestly, she was a great mother who wanted to be a great mother but wasn't able to be a great mother because of money problems. Yeah. And once you learn kind of why she went down that path, that separation from her 
kids. It's really sad to watch. I'm it really, sure it is. But it's a phenomenal performance. And I, I do think Judy Garland was a great person, mm-hmm. just given a, a darker path than she deserved. I'm sure it's something we'll be talking about through the course of the awards season, uh, in addition to a lot of these films that we're seeing up here. Uh, things like Joker, things like uh, Ford v. Ferrari. Let's get to This Week in Movies, which will include something that we uh, managed to see up here. The Goldfinch adaptation of uh, what I learned after the fact is a Pulitzer Prize winning novel. I didn't know that until Jake yeah. said that. Which I'm stunned about because I'll go first. I didn't care for this movie um, not one little bit. And you guys liked it more than I did, and I'll let you guys defend it in a second. Um, it is a story of a boy named Theo. The character is portrayed by two different actors. Uh, Oakes Fegley it plays the younger version of the character. Uh, this is the boy who is in uh, Pete's Dragon. Dragon. He played Pete in Pete's Dragon. And then Ansel Elgort plays the older version of him. And he was involved in a terrorist bombing of an art uh, gallery as a young age at a young age and he loses his mother in the course of the bombing right um but he saves a uh picture a, a goldfinch painting of the bird uh the goldfinch essentially and it's the ridiculous journey of this character and the portrait and it's, to me it's unfortunately the most depressing artistic version of Forrest Gump you've well, ever you seen. you always say about, like, what's the elevator pitch? Like, the elevator pitch on this movie is ludicrous. If you try to sum up the plot, it, like, I just told you guys what it is, and it's weird. It's, it's Forrest Gump-like, where, like, he goes on this journey, and there are these char- these wild characters Oh, it introduces back. a new character every ten minutes. Yeah. Forrest Gump's actually a really interesting Yeah, it's, it's, it's the most depressing Forrest Gump you've ever seen. Yes. I, I will say that as I'm watching this, I, I kept thinking... God, I bet the book is amazing. I'm sure it is. Because it really, one, it's, I'd argue, it's way too long. It was right. like two and a half hours. Oh, yeah. And it felt like rather than try to maybe just trim some stuff from the book, right. they just went, let's just try to just squeeze it in as much as, as much possible. as you can. Let's just I'm try sure. to get as much. Let's just, let's just, you know. And I think know, the performances are really good. I think everybody in it's good. I just felt like that, yeah, it felt like a really hard book to adapt. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. It's been a great miniseries. I think so. Yeah, it would have been a good ten episode series because there's so many layers to it. And this and this kid who loses his mother in that bombing goes through so many different things, like where he's like moved into a home with Nicole Kidman's character, then he moves to Vegas at one point. I mean, there's so it it was almost like they rushed through these gigantic aspects of this kid's life, so much so that you it was just hard for you to emotionally attach to it. But that being said, I I liked the film. I actually, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised just kind of how engaged I was with following his arc and kind of what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, but think about it. so going back to the the miniseries thing. Imagine so there are a lot of aspects of of characters popping up in the movie and then disappearing and then coming back later. Yeah, imagine meeting a character. Let's say it's ten episodes. Imagine meeting a character in episode four and then having that character come back in episode nine. How oh, much yeah. more impactful. That would absolutely be, because there to, are like Im- remember that character from twenty minutes ago. Here they are old. <laughs> yeah, there are important characters. One played by Finn Wolfhard as the young uh, kid who show back up later, and it's supposed to be relevant. And instead, to me, just felt so coincidental because they had to pack it all into that two and a half right. hour movie. You know what I found fascinating tonight? When we were watching the report um, talking about time jumping. Um, the report did this, uh, and I know we got to wrap. But this, the report did this really cool thing where they had a they had a visual on screen as to what year you were being placed oh, into yeah, that an was actual cool. timeline. And like, yeah. but literally, literally a timeline. So you started in two thousand one, and then you ended in whatever the two thousand sixteen. I think yeah. it was. But cool part about it was they didn't have to tell you that every time. 
you started to figure it out. Like, right, they, right, right, right. So, so they would at one point jump to like 2007 and you would know you're in 2007 without them telling you again. Sure, right. And I think that's just really good screenwriting because, yes, you tell the audience where you are, you set them up, and then you allow them to go on the journey with you. Yeah. And I think that sometimes films don't have the ability to keep you engaged where you where you kind of know where you are timeline-wise. And you said you were confused in Goldfinch. Well, it's too much jumping that, around. That happened to me with Beautiful Boy. Yeah. Beautiful Boy, I found, jumped way too much. I didn't know where they were. Yeah. That bothered me. That so. happened a lot. Hello, sweetheart. How are you? The other movie that's opening is Hustlers. None of us have seen it. Is that correct? No. And I, and I really... Would like to see Hustlers. Yeah, I, I, I've been trying to see it. <laughs> it's up here. Here's why I'm interested in seeing it. I I really really think J Lo does a great job as a, I think she's a good actress. One, I yeah. also think she's like. I, you ever seen Out of Sight? Uh, yes. I like Made in Manhattan. <laughs> yes, she, I, I think J Lo's a good actor. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so we are super excited about an interview though that we're going to have on this week's show because by now, hopefully, most of you guys have gone out to the theater to go see it, Chapter Two, the conclusion of the it's. saga, uh, the adult versions of the Losers Club. Um, we have talked about the fact that uh, I think we all basically agree it's not quite as good as the first movie, um, but we still think it is really good, and we're hoping for a longer potential six-hour cut, the King cut that might put all of it together. Go find uh, both of these guys' interviews. They interview the cast uh, on their YouTube page, and Jake got a really great insight about what uh, Andy Muschietti would add to that six-hour cut. But one thing that you didn't hear on the junket circuit uh, from virtually anybody was Bill Skarsgård giving interviews, because they went out of their way to protect him from doing TV interviews. They wanted to preserve the mystery of what he looks like uh, as a character. But the fact that we had an audio podcast means that we were f- fair game for Bill Skarsgård to come on and talk to us. That is exactly what Kevin McCarthy was able to do at the It Chapter 2 Junket, and you guys can listen to it right now. Thank you for taking the time to do this, man. Of I course, really appreciate man. appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And you're, by the way, your dad's performance in Chernobyl was, that, 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 was, that show was incredible. Yeah, it is. Like, isn't it blew yeah. my mind with that. Yeah. What Craig Mason did with that. I mean, oh my God! Like your your dad and Jared Harris, that whole was unreal. So yeah, and and and, and Joan Ranks, the director, is, is so good. It's yeah. so cinematic. I was like, I, I, everybody's like, that's really good. I'm like, I was on. You know, you're on your, your HBO thing, and you're yeah. like, I'm like, I don't know what, when are you in the mood for gray right. Soviet, you know, Chernobyl? Yeah. But then I watched it and I'm like, it's so cinematic. It's like, it's actually a really enjoyable, pleasurable watch as well as a, you know, heavy, heavy, you know, dark theme. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. Found like an entertaining thing. Right, well, first of all, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we are in an old house uh, here uh, in LA. This is amazing. I'm here with Bill Skarsgård. We're talking about It Chapter 2. Um, I'm curious. I know you've talked a lot about the design of the character, I mean, in certain interviews, but I'm curious how certain choices were made. How did you, where did the voice come from? How did you find his voice? Um, yeah, the voice was, you know, it, it was sort of a, a, a developing thing. Like, uh, even when we started shooting it, it wasn't, you know, entirely set. I didn't have it entirely set. I mean, part of what I wanted was um, this voice to be, you know, like I was like, or conceptually when I was thinking about it, it's like it, it could be whatever and it could also, it doesn't have to be, consistent like the the character can be different types and have different voices i i was all you know he's a shape-shifting monster so 
I was very like at, at the beginning it was very you know the potential of what this voice would sound like would was pretty much infinite and then we kind of ended up you know the, the laugh came before the voice and this like really? kind of yeah so when I had the kind of the, the laugh and the this kind of panicky you know <laughs> angst driven hysterical laugh and then the voice became this kind of crackling you know uh, a thing that that kind of was built on off of the of, of the laugh yeah this is a super random question i'm curious how they do the drool <laughs> like in the sense uh, of like, just like me it, drooling. I, I, know it's, I know it's you but what i mean by that is like they cut to you at a certain point so you have to have it like fall at a certain point in the scene like do, is it like no it's deep? never planned oh wow yeah it's, it's never planned no no, no 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 and, Interesting. And, and and part of like the performance is is not it's not a it, for me performing it was never like I, I never had any kind of cues to 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 hit or anything it was basically like all right i have the character and then when the scene starts anything is allowed and anything can happen and will happen and hopefully the camera will will just pick it up on it so all the drool it just it's just happen chance when That's it happens wild now obviously I, the term villain i think is fascinating to me i mean yeah. this this is this particular character is very fascinating very layered i'm curious as an actor how do you justify his actions? Like, do you, like, cause you're, cause he doesn't think he's a villain. He doesn't think, yeah. so how, how do you then make yourself, okay, I understand why he's doing this. How do you find that? Um, well, I mean, I think that a pretty good way to start about it is, is going to something very primal and very animalistic that it's, you know, he needs this to survive. Uh, he needs to feed to survive, mm. and 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 uh, um, you know, he is as we all are limited by our own design. You know, he is what he is, and 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 uh, and um, and it just happens to be uh, from the perspective of the kids and and humanity a very awful thing that he is. But into it to to himself, he's. This is what he is, and, and, and it's it's normal, and and, and it's uh, it's a part of, of, of a survival mechanism. Mm. Now that being said, I mean we we're also talking about kind of the embodiment of, of evil uh, in a way, and 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 I was just you know building the character and the performance is just like okay, what is evil, and 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 to me it's it's taking it truly taking pleasure in hurting mm. and and and, to, and 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 suffering and fear, so. Um, that was kind of, you know, um, we can all relate to it in some way, I think, yeah. you know, we've always, we, there's always, I think everyone has had one point or another where you might have enjoyed, you know, a remark or, you know, whatever it is. And it's a disgusting part of, 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 of oneself. Mm. And, and in Pennywise, it's, it's that unleashed. So, mm. you know, if, if, if it's picking, it's bullying, it's, it's enjoying uh, all of, of, of hurting and, uh, um, um, and yeah, and that is the performance, the mocking and the, he, he just, he, he, he thrives in hate. <laughs> One thing I, the thing that creeped me out the most was seeing Pennywise almost in like minimal makeup. Uh, I mean, it's in the yeah, trailer. Yeah. That's a great sequence. It kind of reminded me in the dark Knight when they cut to ledger for a second without his Joker makeup on. Right. Yeah. I was just curious if that, like, did you like doing a minimal makeup, does the makeup like does the amount of makeup help you get into him more? If you're minimally made up, does it is it harder to become him? Uh, no, not at all. And I, the, the, you know, the did you see the film? Yeah, so last yeah. night. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. So, um, yeah, the, I mean, the, that perform it was it was it was a part. It's partially Pennywise and partially something else, yeah. which was fun to explore. Um, and um, 
And, um, and that in of itself, the face, the makeup was, you know, obviously there weren't any paint on, but there was still this bulbous head piece and the bald head and, and, and everything. And the eyebrows were accentuated. And I was just look, I loved the face of that guy. Yeah. So, you know, and actually the, the only, we didn't, we didn't have any makeup test for it. So literally the first time I put that on was the day when we shot it. So, I, you know, and, and I, same way as kind of, I treated the, the makeup with the clown makeup the first time was as soon as I, the first time I had it on, okay, this is what the character looks like. And I'm now I need to get used to that. So I would just, you know, literally perform in front of the mirror uh, and, and film myself uh, for the first, you know, tests that we did with the clown makeup on. So like, how does this, how does my face translate with this makeup on? Mm. And now uh, with the, with, with the, you know, non-makeup face, it was a new guy and I, okay. And I played around with a few things. And, and then when we shot it, we just really let loose and explored what that, you know, let that kind of person or, you know, this kind of, um, 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 more simplified version of, of Pennywise or more, or maybe a more, uh, a primal version of him um and um um yeah it was it was it was really fun <laughs> it's a great scene yeah have you ever facetimed a friend or a family member in the pennywise makeup oh so many times <laughs> tell me can you give me like an example i, I facetimed in that in the non-pen like the, 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 oh, the, the bald middle. face yeah. man as well yeah yeah but what who do you call when that happens like who have you called in penny in the full pennywise get up well like, of course my girlfriend my partner i mean she's <laughs> seen i mean she's got so desensitized by it that it was just like literally like oh, hey how, how's work and it's just like you know well you know i'm just retired today and with, with penny with pennywise and and uh and yeah i think literally like almost yeah i think all of my family members i mean because it got to the point i mean you I, i've been in that clown phase so much and it worked so much that you know um you end up pretty much calling everyone you know <laughs> <laughs> i would love to be on the receiving end of one of those calls. yeah um one of our co-hosts this is a podcast called real blend and sean said this great question he's one of our co-hosts and he said you know, when you watch a lot of horror films over the years, Freddy or Jason or different classic horror villain characters, the more the movies go on, it's almost like you almost get rid of the shock value because you know that villain throughout. Mm -hmm. When you step into a sequel, to me, this one is more brutal and more horrifying than the first one yeah. in, a, in a very good way in mm -hmm. the sense of it works as a surprise. But is that a challenge to step into a sequel and go, all right, the element of surprise is kind of gone now. People know who Pennywise is. Yeah. Is there like a, do you have to, almost add to it to make it scarier yeah i mean it, it, it it's a it's a thing and 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 that that has been you know um maybe not a struggle but but it's it's been a thing that 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 we've been mindful about that you know you, you can't have too much of this monster villain on screen because you lose that kind of you know um mysterious and and and, and you know lethal aspect of it it's it's the sort of Jaws phenomenon that you never see the shark yeah. and that therefore it's the more scarier obviously and and uh we played around with that but to me you know I, I think that there's more to Pennywise as a character than just being the shark like there's something you know it it, it doesn't necessarily have to be like every time he's on or for me at least you know because I don't find him scary at all anymore you know but, you. but yeah. yeah and and neither does my family members since <laughs> all the from some all the Facebook or sorry FaceTime uh, yeah. uh, calls <laughs> but but uh, um, uh, there's something interesting about the character and 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 you know maybe you're not terrified every time you see him uh, the, the more you get exposed to him but there's there's, you know, I I, I wanted the uh, or I hope that the audience you know can watch him and kind of be 
puzzled and like what's going on here and it's there's something unexplainable about who what it is and this kind of force of nature and this maniacal evil thing that 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 that, that, that is entertaining and 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 um you know in another in another way where it's not only just a jump scare mechanism um so and in terms of you know being more lethal or being or being more volatile i mean it's it's just what he did in the first one but more amplified and 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 um, you know, of course, with with the whole spectacle of the ending, you yeah. know. So yeah, it was awesome. Now, I mean, the ending is amazing, and this is actually going to run after release. So I might ask some things that might be spoilery, but if, if you feel uncomfortable talking about it, you don't have to. But mm-hmm. I, I'm curious about what was the first scene you ever shot as Pennywise, and the last scene you ever shot as Pennywise. Um, the first scene I ever shot was this shot that actually did not end up being in the movie i think there's so there's um uh it was literally a one shot for in front of the green screen as the first day of shooting and it was uh for the first one obviously and um um i was so there's you know the projector scene yeah in the first movie yes. so there's a there's an, a, 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 one, a version before that where um part of it was like uh, the the hair started going and the machine started going and then the face started moving and then I started the character, or Pennywise started writing like something, and it, and and I started writing in front of the screen where the kids are freaking out. Huh. You, you die if you try, I think. And then the, it's, they kick it, it shatters, and it you know continue with the the, the, the scene as it plays in the movie. Um, but so it was literally a shot of me writing backwards because oh, it was wow. in front of this uh, 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 glass piece, uh, which was great because like it's not a, really a scene; it's just a moment, and and and. You know, at that at that point, I was still figuring out the character and and, and all of that. And the last thing that I ever shot, um, like I want to say, it was the 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 death. Is it? Uh, yeah, no, no, it's, it's it's actually not true. Um, Do you still shoot the death? Just even with the heads there like that? Do you still shoot that moment? Yeah, yeah, the, it's all cool. me. It's all me. Because he's smaller, obviously, in that in that the, moment. Well, it's end. it's a funny thing. So the, it's the the face is there, and I'm my body is literally in this in this in the set building. <laughs> That's so cool. so I'm you know the the the, the mountainous thing uh, or this kind of you know uh, cavern. My body is behind it, and my face is literally sticking out. <laughs> and then they have this pancake mold around it, and then it's me. And then you know, I th- we had like a puppet body that was there for reference, but obviously <laughs> it ended up being you know that's a CGI effect. But but yeah, so that was very weird. So it's all me acting, but just literally with my face. Um, wow. And then uh, uh, yeah, no, but the, 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 we did we did we, we did an additional shoot. Um, of uh, the a scene that was later added, which is the scene uh, with the little Ben when he's coming out of the um, when Pennywise is coming out of the uh, the locker, yeah. um, and that we shot um, you know a couple of months back. So that was an additional scene that we added scene. to it, and I, I think that was the the, the last thing that I, that I that I did as Pennywise. So uh, my other co-host Jake, uh, he did this press jump yesterday, and he was talking to Andy. Um, it's interesting because you did you didn't do a ton of press for the first movie, and I think that was interesting by design because mm-hmm. it was more of like we don't want because Pennywise is such a scary character. Yeah. If you associate him with you because you look nothing like him, and yeah. would it take away? Is that something that was that something that you wanted to come up? With? Jake was asking, what, was that something you designed? Or like, no, just... it, I mean, for the first one, it was, um, 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 you know, it was Warner Brothers and the, the, the marketing department talked about it and the producers talked about it and they talked to me about it. And with the first movie, you know, this is kind of the thing that launched me. I mean, it definitely was in a, in a lot of ways. So so there was a thing of like, you know, if if 
if the you know if the public don't associate the actor with the character, that might be a good thing. Mm. Um, so um, th- that was the reason for it in the first one. And on the second one, um, I'm still not doing as much as some of the other actors, yeah. but, but but we're doing it more. And for me, I mean, I I, I kind of enjoy um, talking about it. You know, like this yeah. is the the last time that you'll see the character and 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 um we're kind of celebrating the launch of it and Mm. and and saying goodbye to the whole uh you know project and 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 role and everything that i'm kind of enjoying being able to talk about it um uh, with the separation of not you know (laughs) pretending that i'm actually a murderous clown (laughs) (laughs) now this is a question i'm sure actors get a lot about like do characters stay with you but i mean this this is a very layered character there's a lot going on in Mm. that character's mind do you, does it ever come back? Not like the murderous aspect of it, but just like the voice. Do you ever like accidentally like think of something he would think or like the voice? Like, cause you, you kind of become him in the movie. Yeah. Does that um, voice ever come back by mistake maybe sometimes or? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I, I did, I, 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 not when I'm myself, mm. he never comes out, but I, I, there was, I did, you know, I was working on a thing where I, I kind of changed my voice for, for, for another thing that I was doing. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, wait a minute. And like, the voice kind of almost like there was a little resemblance of, of putting this character who has had nothing to do with the murderous <laughs> clown. So I was like, oh, that's weird. But, but the, the voice is so different than mine that the, yeah. and, and the laugh is too. I mean, all, everything about him is, 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 you know, hopefully a, a, a few steps away from yeah. from me as a person. Now, this is something that was out there in the first movie. I didn't know this until Andy just told me this today. I didn't know. I thought they were CGing your eye going that way. Oh, yeah. That's... So, yeah. Okay, but for people listening right now, he just did that. Um, yeah. Is that something you've just been doing since you were... Okay, yeah. yeah, it's freaking me out. Have you been doing that since you were a kid? Did you... Like, how do you move one eye? I can't well, it's, do that. It's, 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 a, it's a lazy eye, you know? So, oh. there's a... You know, I there's... I, yeah, like when I get tired, it kind of, you know, yeah, it goes a little bit. And huh. and then I, so, bef- because, and then I figured out, I mean, I, I can't remember what age I was, but I was like, oh, I can, you know, maybe I was like 10 or something. I can actually do this whenever I want to. And then it kind of became a little bit of a party trick. And then, <laughs> and I always wanted, like, it's funny because like in the lip thing as well, which is like a, wow. you know, yeah. Um, That's like is, freaking me out just to see that in person, by the way. Sorry. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, it, I mean, it's, it's. That was something that, you know, my brother had a, my older brother had a, a kind of a goofy character that he did when, when we were kids that, that did this, that had that lip. And, really? And then, yeah. And then I figured out that I could also do it. And it's this thing where, like, most people don't know how to do it. But, like, for some reason, like, most of my family knows how to do it. My sister can do it and my little <laughs> brother can do it. It's just, like, a weird little thing. Of, of, of is there a family it. photo of you guys all doing that together? There's photos of me and my sister for sure. <laughs> Someone uh, please release that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's a little Pennywise family. No, but so I have you know these these things, and I was like, okay, you know, even you know, going into this character, I'm like, like I always wanted to use them for something, and then I was like, for this one, I could literally lose use you know the lazy eye, the lip, like everything, and just kind of make that as as transformative and weird and and and, and scary and strange as you, as you can get so it was kind of the perfect role for me to just use all of these little skills that i that I've, you know i've always had you know i uh, as a wrap me up i think you're a great actor i love doing atomic blonde i think you do great work no and, thank you very much i think this character clearly there's a lot of acting going on there and you would, i'm just blown away like to when i meet you in person just obviously a very completely different individual yeah. in a good way obviously but i'd be curious that i was reading when, when the first one came out you didn't want to reproduce tim curry's it it was a, it was a pennywise it was a different pennywise yeah 
What if those two met? What do you think those two Pennywises? I mean, in a hypothetical nerdy situation. Right, right. But they're very different. You make yours your own, but could you imagine those two Pennywises, like, somehow... Hanging out? Yeah. <laughs> like, what would they do? Yeah. Um, it's a scary thought, isn't it? <laughs> um, um, what would, yeah, what, what would they talk about, right? It's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, there's, you know, what we played into the, with, with, with our version of the character was obviously something, you know, more gross, more disgusting, more primal, this kind of monstrous, you know, uh, thing. And Tim Curry did this kind of, you know, wonderful sort of vaudevillain kind of type of old school clown performance, uh, which, uh, which might be in a lot of ways truer to the to the to the book you know or, or or maybe the idea of the clown is more of that and and but you know we were doing the new movie and we had to like all right what what are we we can't obviously reproduce what is already done and, and and nobody can do the tim curry performance as good as he did so we just had to go something else you know so some different direction with it and, and became this you know maniacal freak of a yeah. you know being yeah i was waiting for stephen king to turn into you at some point in the movie. I, was like, <laughs> I was like i bet you bill wanted to be in that scene i bet you he did yeah i just don't have met the man oh you yeah. never met stephen no, king no 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 it's, it's so Can someone strange. get this done i mean I you're know. in it i know well, and this, he was on set you know obviously and, and but i wasn't working that day so that's so amazing yeah. i've never met him either but yeah. that's cool it was awesome talking to you yeah you, you too man appreciate it it was awesome yeah we really have to thank Bill Skarsgård for coming onto the show. It's incredible that Warner, but thank you so much to Warner Brothers. Thank you, also thank you, thank you, thank for you for giving us time with him again. He was such Huge. a an anticipated interview for most people. You guys were even saying at the junket, like he was there yeah. and kind of like wandering around, but not really partaking. And then for him to sit down and do that with us to give us thirty minutes was unbelievable. Uh, this week's blend game, man alive! This one is uh, this one was a challenge. So we've been playing the decades game. I'm going to give Jake all the credit in the world for coming up with this uh we did hashtag 60s blend uh as a reminder i did uh butch cassidy and sundance kid jake did 2001 2001 and kevin did psycho psycho exactly so we're picking our favorite movies from this decade obviously now that brings us up to the 70s and you guys were unbelievable on social media everybody played oh along God, with yeah, this it was one wild. yeah it was so much fun to see everybody's suggestions all right i'd argue some of the the most interaction we've gotten, the most response from a, from a hashtag, from, I a, think so. from a blend game. And wait until we oh get... Oh my God, Gabe has something to say. I, I haven't looked, but some people were commenting that it was actually trending for them. No. It did so well. What? Yeah, was it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think Twitter does those like specifically, like they're kind of tailored towards your own taste, yeah, but yeah. hey... That's that's per- a milestone. That's for the pretty amazing. Hey, Does that- he, doesn't he have the voice of an angel? He really does. God. I kind of wish he'd do that more often. So. That's six hundred dollars. <laughs> 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 All right, so we are playing hashtag seventies blend. Ah, uh, I mean, damn near I know, impossible. I know, I know. But Jake gets to go first, sir. Your pick is. I mean, is it Star? It has to be Star Wars. It's not Star Wars. It's what? No, it's not. What? No, I saw you tweet that you it. You didn't pick no. Star Wars. How is that possible? Your favorite movies. No, it's, no, it's, I, oh, then no. tell us what it is. It's Jaws. Is it Jaws? It's Jaws. That's great. Jaws is, Jaws. I think, uh, a frame for frame, just absolutely perfect movie. Masterpiece. It's a movie that uh, 
uh, set out to make us feel a certain way, and yeah. forty years later makes me still feel that way. Okay, it's still it it it, it is timeless. Yeah, it hasn't aged in any stretch of the imagination. Right, right. It it will. I mean, you know, if if aliens were to come down from Earth and they wanted to know <laughs> what the human emotion of fear felt like, I would put Jaws in front of them. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I just think it is. It just encapsulates everything. I mean, it it invented an entire season of films. Yeah, right, exactly. It's it, you know, everything about it. I just think it's perfect. Do you it, think it's Spielberg's it, best? Have we had this conversation? Yeah, I think we've had we this have, conversation. Yeah, I would say yes. It's it's not my favorite of his, but yeah, I would say oh, it's so I would early say, in his career. I would though. say I, uh, but it's also tough because it's also great by accident. Yeah, true. So, right. you know, um but I just think, you know, it it I, I still I can't oh. help but love every all the I, characters. It's so perfectly written. It's perfectly shot. It's perfectly produced. Right. It's the shark. You know that it's the the usage of the shark. The usage of not the shark. It's everything about it. Um, How on earth did you pick it over Star Wars, though? How? Tell me about wrestling with not picking Star Wars. What are we doing? What's our next decade? Eighties. Uh, <laughs> don't tip your hand. Don't answer these questions that I ask you. Why would you do that? Um. All right. Jaws is such a great pick. All right, I got to go next. And um, my pick might surprise you guys because it doesn't seem like an obvious pick, but when I tell you why it's it's everything that I love in storytelling, I went with Chinatown. Oh! Chinatown is... You love the name Jake, don't you? Perfection. It is, it is a perfect screenplay. It is a flawless screenplay, but and I've discussed this on the show a number of times. I love detective stories. Yeah, freaking love detective stories. Detective story. It's the ultimate detective story, and not only that, I have this weird um, connection with California. Like I always believe water. that I have, and water. I believe that I have a spiritual connection. I've discussed it with Michelle numerous times that I feel like in another life I potentially lived in California or in water. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure or near the water. How about near the water kind of thing? Um, because the first time I ever went to California too, the very first thing we did, Michelle came with me. We drove right to Santa Monica and I ran down the beach right into the ocean, like clothes on and everything I was gonna say, nude <laughs> clothes on and everything. I went right into the water. And for some weird reason, I've always had this bizarre connection to California. I've always been obsessed with it. I think that's part of my thing with the film industry too. I always just sort of gravitated towards in the film industry when I found Chinatown and it became this, uh, again, great pulp noir detective story uh, with an incredible character. Nicholson's Jake is is unbelievably great. But then it was about the history of California. I actually, I learned about the Southern California Basin and the drought that they were trying to control and the water, and it just fascinated me. And it, it got deeper and deeper into its levels. I mean, it's it's one of those screenplays that they'd use to teach how to write a screenplay. Essentially, um, all the performances in it are amazing, and so. While I was crazily torn between the Godfather films, uh, obviously Jaws, Star Wars, um, the Conversation, even just some incredible, incredible '70s films, I went with something that just uh, is a favorite of mine for all those different reasons. Great, I would not have called all those it. themes and topics. I w- I could watch Chinatown every single day. I just I could just put it on Good and call. just absorb it. Good call. But I think it's why I love Inherent Vice as much as I do. Oh, it has a that lot makes of sense. Those yeah, that makes sense. You guys both hate that movie. I, I do not like it. it. I yeah, but I love. It's, it's funny because I love Chinatown. And you know what movie I've never seen? 
is The Long Goodbye, Altman's movie, which is also very similar to that type of stuff, and I need to watch it. So, Kevin, you get to go Vice last. This is my l- least favorite PTA film. Interesting. Is it yours, Jake? Yeah, oh, God, by far. What? I, thought, I didn't yeah. hate it. I just thought it was... Love I love Chinatown, though. Chinatown's amazing. But you picked... Godfather Part Two. Oh, did you really? Ooh. Well, I think it's a perfect movie. Yeah, yeah. I just think it, everything about it is perfect. Performances. Um, I just think that the film... I don't know. Just everything about it just is unbelievably perfect. I love that movie. You like it better than the first one? Uh, it destroys the first one. Destroys what? It's what? not even close. It's not even close. Really? It's like Terminator 2 versus Terminator 1 for me. Really? And I like Terminator wow. 1 a lot, but I think Godfather Part 2 is... Do you like the flashback stuff of it? 100%. I thought that the casting was brilliant. I love, love watching young Don, Don Corleone. Yeah. Uh, I love just seeing him at home with a family. I, I don't know. There was something about... That knowing who Don Corleone was based on what Brando did with him, and then dealing with him at a younger age, knowing what he had become right. in Godfather 1, but noticing him kind of coming up in the world of what he was getting himself into. And paralleling it with the son. That was insane to me. Like, like what a brilliant concept. I didn't read Mario Puzo's book, so I don't know if, that, if Godfather 2 was part of the storyline. I don't know. But I just thought the the concept of having, like you just said, the parallels were unbelievable. So that's my, that's my pick. That's an amazing pick. You are not alone in picking Godfather 2. Scott Holch also said Godfather 2. Nicola Roby said Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, Jake, why don't you read the next one? Francis, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Says uh, Star Wars. Yes. A New Hope. And then okay. and uh, Karen Schumacher says... A little film called Jaws. Yes, Jaws. Nice pick. Well so much, again, participation this week. You guys were incredible. I thought I was going to have a hard time with 80s Blend, and then one of our listeners was nice enough to point out what my pick is going to be already. Ooh, tell me, what is it? I'll tell you off air. How about that? Uh, for next week, you guys can play. Now, there's a reason why you're going to uh, play along with next week, but I guess Kevin mentioned it, right? Uh, we're playing hashtag Roger Deacon's Blend. Now, for Deacon's, I think what you have to pick is a shot. Not a film, yeah. a shot. Ooh, I love the shot ones. Yeah? Oh. That's fair. Oh, Hashtag that's good. Roger Deacon's blend, and you have to pick the shot. Not You can't just do the movie. you got to actually single something out. I like out. it. So you I guys like got to play along like on social media. Obviously, you can email us at realblend at cinemablend.com. Your picks. Uh, I, if you just send us the movie, we're throwing it out. It has to be a specific shot and from we'll, a and movie. We'll, and we'll call you out for it, too. Bonus points for screen grabs or full YouTube clips. Ooh, yeah. You can cash all those points in for a famous non-price. <laughs> not true at our meetup uh it will earn you um something from gabe like a blender that he brought a blender for uh jake and kevin and not one for a, me a real blender an actual blender yes but i didn't Brought get what is that gabe wraps you in mid-conversation <laughs> <laughs> like you'll be in the middle you like, trade your points like, he's like telling you how much he, like for someone's telling you how much they love the like, show wait, he's like, wrapping if you're us right to now someone and they go to, to do you do just like turn around and walk away have you ever done that in person have I ever like waved my finger at person or yeah. turned around and walked away? Did you really? I yeah. turned around and walked away. How yes, much, I knew it. How much of that I cost I would actually us? be honored to be wrapped by Gabe You person. Every you week. wrapped on No, but like in mid-conversation. Five times this episode. No, but like if I walked up and I was like, Gabe, I love your show so much. Yeah. <laughs> moved it a little oh, no, he'd, he'd let that stretch on. <laughs> All right. You guys can listen to us, obviously. Uh... Each week here, uh, the show, uh, I'm totally, completely lost because Jake moved my laptop. You can listen to us every week. Wait, let Kevin do something. On a real blend. 
Kevin get in here. Do the, Kevin, do the, the conclusion. The get show. us out of yeah, the show. I started it. Yeah. Where is it? Get us out of the show. Down the bottom there. Bring in the caboose, Kevin. To drop us a review on iTunes means oh, a lot dude, to us. Oh, something better than that. Yeah, My uh, God, I don't man. know where we are. We'll bluff your way through it. Come you on, listen, man. It was number 83. Where can listeners follow everyone? Jake's takes. I'm I'm sorry. I'm half asleep. Kevin McGrady TV, Sean O'Connell, underscore with a middle. Drop us a review on iTunes means a lot to us. This is harder than you think, isn't it? More stars, the merrier. Yes, the more stars, the merrier. The more reviews, the merrier. Date for our insert topic episode. I have no idea. Jake, that means we get to yell the we get to yell the final word. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. And this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.